welcome back to your ancestral pilgrimage. Today we are going to learn a little bit more about Abraham. But before we start following his journey in faith, remember to open your mind because it really helps explain so much and will answer so many questions that you may have about your faith in God. I am your tour guide, Brother Paul. And if you would like to subscribe, please do so or hop on the internet site at www.pilgrimshub.com and you can access some more content or make a donation. All help in any form is greatly appreciated. Names are very important, not only yours and mine today, but in an historical sense, even more so. They are, after all, there to indicate who we are talking about, Abraham. In the Rosetta Stone and many other ancient writing sources, we can break down his name to get its full meaning. In the Bible, the sacred book for all the Jews and Christians, we learn that Abraham came from the east. We have the same thing occurring when Jesus is born, three wise men from the east. This is all possible given the Indo-Persian trade route connection at the time. If we take the Hindu side, the Hindu priests were also sent out to proclaim their faith. This is why the Jewish faith, which was a young faith at the time, borrowed from these teachings and adapted them to make them their own. Take the Brahma, originally spelled B-R-A-M-A, the letter H was inserted later into the name of the Hindu god Brahma, making it Brahma. The letter signifies life. Name changes are also mentioned in the Old Testament. God changing a man's name from Abram to Abraham, it is God the Father or Yahweh who is called El at this stage who does this. God later reveals to Moses that his name is Yahweh. But before that, it was El, E-L. This act by God makes the Hebrew meaning of the man's name change from exalted father to father of a multitude, giving more life to Abraham. But as I mentioned earlier, this all goes even further back to the Egyptians, to the god Ra, Ra is the main creator of the Egyptian pantheon, the sun god. The star Sirius was thought to have a powerful effect on the Nile River, causing floods and sea swells, which, after not being visible for 70 days, caused the flood season to commence. So the dates January 25th and June 25th were very important to the Egyptians, Greeks and Romans in an astro-theological sense. In time, Ra became the sun, Sirius became Isis, and the floodwaters were named Nun. The Hindu religion took on these Egyptian teachings and made them theirs by their use of the name Prama. Ab is the equivalent to Ra, the original sun god, and Ham is the Egyptian founder god. It is also of note that the fire god of Ur was called Abram. In Hebrew, 
Ab means father, and Ram refers to the sign of the zodiac named Aries. While I only want to touch on pre-Abrahamic times for the sake of getting a better understanding of the scripture, the breaking down of names and locations is extremely important if you want to reveal their hidden true meanings. I refer the zodiac here because without it all faiths are lost. Let me quote the Bible here. In Genesis chapter 1, 14, we read, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to distinguish between the day and the night, and let them be signs to mark the seasons and the days and the years. What we may all know as the zodiac or a, as a horoscope is not what it is meant to be. And this simple interpretation is not correct. Rather, the times are marked for when the influence of each zodiac sign will dominate the earth. Here's how to understand this more easily. Looking at a clock face, not a digital one, but an analogue one, with all the 12 numbers around the outside, the segment between each number represents a different star constellation. The hour hand stands for the sun and the minute hand stands for the moon. And the planets in our solar system are also going around this constellation clock. Throw in a few comets as well and some asteroid showers. This is the heavens, not the highest level, but the higher level than the sky level. Now, the way to properly interpret the zodiac, or the stars, is to understand which constellation is dominant. Each constellation represents an age in history. Imagine, if you like, that the hour hand, or the sun, is pointing to a certain constellation. This is the time of that constellation's dominance. When the clock completes the whole loop, it's a new beginning, a new day. When it moves through each hour, each sign of the zodiac, in turn, will be dominant in its influence over the earth. So that is why we take the Christian nativity scene. You'll remember that Abraham came from the east, the land of the Chaldeans, like the wise men. You may also recall that the Old Testament Daniel who was thrown into the fire like Abraham, was very learned in prophecy. He acquired his learning in the same region. And we can calculate that on September the 11th, 3 BC, the date of the nativity, the sun was in the middle of the womb of Virgo, which could be seen clearly in the east. And it was also the day of the new moon. This is not a coincidence. It is time. Just like an alarm clock at the right zodiac alignment, the heavenly alarm goes off and what is prophesied will happen. It is written in the stars. In our own time, we cannot avoid the influence of the constellation Aquarius. It is now becoming the dominant sign and like this the truth will rise and the water carrier will feed his fish living water. Life-giving water. You may recall that in the Bible, Jesus asked the Samaritan woman at the well for water, and he talks about living water. What is worth noting here, though, is that the setting of this scene for Abraham's arrival is either just before or at the start 
of the rise of the zodiac sign Aries. This is extremely significant because the traits of the sign Aries will have bearings on the development of the new faith. This is why the new faith of Abraham is the commencement of the Jewish faith. The Jewish faith and all its symbols will now come into dominance and its precursor under the sign of Taurus will fall away. As with all things like night and day, yin and yang, there is good and bad. Whilst Abraham may have ties with Hindu origins, we must first acknowledge that he is a descendant of Noah and his bloodline runs through Shem. The Shemites would or should be ruling as the ruling line. It is extremely important and sad that in our modern age people discredit the flood and Noah origins and yet in all ancient texts it certainly can be found. Without a doubt in the region Abraham was in archaeologically and via texts from Egyptians, Sumerians, Hindus and more, all have the same flood account. What is greatly misunderstood is that at the end of an age, you will have divine intervention, and this is our God of salvation who saves the world from sin. The Jewish tradition relates another story of Abraham and it is centred around Nimrod. Nimrod means mighty hunter and rebel, but he is not a descendant of Shem, but rather through Ham. He was a sly and trapped both animals and men. He attained many followers and they grew in number. But although his empire grew and he became the mighty king of Babylon, he feared a descent of Shem would one day take his throne. Now Nimrod was opposed to God who had saved the world through Noah by flood and he and fellow rebels growing in number opposed God. Nimrod then created many gods in opposition to God. He built things high off the ground and would build a tower and these were constructed very well out of fired bricks. He was determined that he and his followers would survive if God so wished to flood the earth again. But always watchful for a contestant for his throne. He set up priests and magicians to watch the stars and look for signs. One night the stargazers reported a star in the east rising and grew in brightness and ran to tell Nimrod. Nimrod called a council and they all agreed a new child would be born that would rise against him. Abraham would be that child, a Shemite. We can also see this in literature that it was necessary for Abraham to leave Ur. On leaving Ur, you would think that Abraham, having been saved from the fire of Nimrod, would now have complete faith and understanding of God but faith is not like that. We all have questions and some we just can't understand at the time. But this is a test of faith and in the end we gain understanding of God and just who God is. This can be much later in life 
that it all may make sense to us and we grow in our understanding of God. Abraham sees a castle on fire on a hill. Abraham questions himself, can it be that this castle is on fire and has no one looking after it? From inside the castle, the owner looks out and says, I am the owner of the house on fire. This question really relates to Abraham questioning God. He now knows God rules and owns all things in the universe, but why now, when the world is on fire, burning in sin, does God do nothing about it? God revealing himself to Abraham does not reveal his intention for Abraham. God already had a plan, a plan of salvation, a way to put the fire out. This time not flooding the world, but instead revealing himself to the world, first through Abraham, then to his descendants, then later at the beginning of the Piscean Age, he reveals himself through Jesus again to save the world that has gone astray under the added dominance of the Greek and Roman empires. He now would reveal himself to the world. Abraham's father leads them on the first leg of this journey. Along the main highway route, he reaches Babylon. The Babylonians worshipped Marduk and the Etim Anki, meaning house of the foundations of the heaven and earth. This was the Tower of Babel, or what is now left of it. Then Abraham travels further on to Ashur on the banks of the Tigris River. It was a holy place of its day, like Jerusalem, a holy place for many religious beliefs. However, upon entering the city, Abraham and his family did not even dismount from their camels. The city had many temples dedicated to Asher and quite a few to Ishtar as well, and many terrible religious celebrations took place there involving orgies and male and female prostitutions, all in honour of Ishtar. From there, Abraham journeyed to Nineveh to replenish his supplies. This town was well equipped for this purpose and later became the capital of the Assyrian Empire and a huge city. This area was known as the Fertile Crescent. From here, Abraham and his family travelled through Gozan to Haran. Haran was a pilgrimage city. It was the centre of the cult of the god named Sin. The cult was closely related to that of the moon god in Ur. The temple of Sin was located here. Finally, Abraham's father Terah died after many years there. Maybe he thought that by taking Abraham to the centre of his faith, he would help him regain his faith in idols. It is amazing that once we turn away from an error in a belief, the temptation comes back and offers us more to entice us to stay. But what does this really mean for us in our faith journey? By now, Abraham has witnessed many different forms of worship of false gods, whether it be in Babylon or its surrounding cities. Abraham settles in Haran till his father dies. Then God calls again to Abraham to leave behind all of this, family and home where they are settled and followed God. God calls Abraham's family out of Ur, 
recalled that the fire god of Ur was Abram. The main god of Ur and Haran was Nana or Sin, symbolised by the moon. The crescent moon was also the sign for horns and it was the dominant god in the age of Taurus. These symbols are still used on many flags, buildings and logos to this very day. Often they symbolised what was learnt in that age. It is interesting to see just how many there are and what they are all suggesting. The bull is the logo for the stock market. And the age of Taurus was the Bronze Age. During this time, the Egyptians and Babylonians were doing very well and they attained much wealth thanks to the influence of Taurus. Ultimately, the influence of your faith will come back to the sun or the moon. It is just a matter of the transition through the ages, but it is still fundamentally the same. You will either follow the influence of the sun or the moon. You can see the sun symbols in various religions and the moon symbols in others. If you look further, as Nimrod did, then by questioning Abraham, you will also find the eternal elemental influences on the earth. Fire, water, air. God's being of this nature were much higher than your star gods. Now Abraham has left his birthplace and he buried his father in Haran. Instead of remaining in the location of his father, as was the custom in those days, Abraham answered God's call. Without his knowledge, this flickering flame of faith will ultimately become a great multitude and start the rule of Ares, which features a new look at the faith as God reveals himself to us. Once again, I do hope that you are now more enlightened about the vastness of God, he who created all things and set them in place for us to benefit from and learn about him and his creation. Tune in next time as we journey with Abraham to the promised land. God bless.